Hello and welcome to Raiders Review with Blake and the Pork. I'm the Pork. I'm Blake. And this is the podcast formerly known as the third most popular Raiders podcast on the internet coming to you from the filthiest store in Berry, somewhere in the bowels of Civic, the location of which we will never reveal, will we, Blake? No, And it's brought to you with a highly dubious support of the Greenhouse, the Canberra Raiders' number one fan forum on the internet. Get online and get engaging. And also with the cash money sponsorship of Land Speed Records. Come in down to Greenham Place and get your records, your LPs, your posters, your T-shirts and all your fantastic audio technica gear from people who love the Raiders as much as you do and if you're listening to this you must love the Raiders as much as they do and what's you must, there not to love and you must also love it's good to be a Raiders fan right now it is our special guest star all the way from the west coast of the United States of America Matthew Heather Locklear Hollywood Lenevis Matthew suck it Phil Gould suck it suck it Phil Gould you go back to the doggies. I know some Raiders fans have soft spots for the doggies because of Bradley, because of Ricky. But geez, it's good no, to get no, another win. No, 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 really don't. No. Well, no, you know, just because they went there and maybe, maybe, maybe. They were driven yeah. out of the club by Kevin Neal. They didn't go there. They were driven yeah, out. I'm just saying there are other Sydney teams that maybe Raiders fans hate more, but not last weekend. And I'm, what a funny game. We'll get to it, like I always say. But no, mm. it's mm. good to be here from the West Coast. And, uh, I'm a little further north than Bankstown, a little further south in the North Pole. So suck it, Bill Gould. Yeah, well, there you go. But we should remind you that we here at Raids Review with Blake and the Pork are great fans of Phil Gould, who's also a great fan of this podcast. He, <laughs> loves, oh, please. he loves the pork. I'm he, thinking about sending uh, a pork T-shirt. A pork T-shirt. So he can buy the third pork T-shirt because... <laughs> Blake, you got some news there. You've 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 bought your pork t-shirt from Not yet, but I, I'm I'm getting cl- I'm inching closer. As as you each had a good team, game weekend, I know we did. And as each um sort of Queensland um predicted origin team comes out, they all seem to have. Papa in there. Yeah, so. he's not missing from any of them because you'd have to be pretty stupid to come up with Papa missing for Origin. Uh, but there's uh, plenty. Of, there's plenty of forward depth in Queensland this year. And I thought I thought based on last year that Billy Slater didn't really rate him. Mm. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, well, but uh, I don't wish for him not to be. I don't want to win the bet, Tim. I don't wish for him not. If he wants to play for Queensland, oh, you want to win the bet because you don't want to get a pork t-shirt. But you're going to get a pork t-shirt, aren't you? And you're going to have to wear it to a game. Yeah, and then and then I'll send it to Phil Gould. Oh yeah, because he ain't buying one. I don't want any of our players playing State of Origin. I want a more fit for the. Not Raiders, even so. Big Red. Come on. Big okay, red. No. let's let's get Are into they? it. We got to do the news for Impact Comics. Our great friends uh, love yep. the the Raiders down there the in Grima Place, and all sorts of different people of backgrounds come in and buy their pop vinyl and their comics and all other sort of paraphernalia. Not just you know certain segments of the show. Uh, what news have we got this week? So. The most interesting sort of story, I think, to have come out post um, the game against the Bulldogs, and actually the news broke in the press conference by Ricky himself. He was in a very good mood. Mm. That was a very long press conference for Rick. That he was, was, he was like to up, to, up to 10 minutes. I think he was, he was in a pretty good mood. He'd been hanging out with his mate, um, Alan Jones. And mm. you know the background of the Alan Jones story? When Ricky had the encephalitis. Oh, yes. And he was kept on going to the Canberra Hospital, mm. and they kept on sending him back. It was actually uh, Don Ferner rang up Alan Jones and said, oh, there's something really you know, wrong with Rick. We need to get him help. And it was actually Alan Jones that organised for the Packers to send down their chopper mm. to um, pick up Rick and took him straight to St. Vincent's and saved his life. 
as it turns out. So that's why I said, you know, he's always he's always owed a great debt to Alan Jones. That's the that's the background behind that. But anyway, in the post match press conference, um, Ricky admitted that in recent times he had actually called for Jared Croker to retire. Mm. I believe it was sometime in 2021, not last year when he barely, barely played a game. And look, testament to um, Jared, he never gave up and he kept on going. And look, I'm not going to pretend I wasn't calling from retire either. Mm. You know, I, th- I thought the game had well and truly passed him by and um, it would be in the best interest of himself and the club for him to take a medical retirement. But he's stuck it out in 297. Mm. He's almost there. He's almost hit the magical 300. And if you'd asked me at the start of the season, you know, I didn't think he'd get to 300. Look, my, my major thing with him has always been, and I know you've both come up with good arguments about this, both you and Matthew have come up with it, because you can't have a player in there just for, you know, emotion's sake. Well, the cruel thing is, though, is, well, the salary cap. Mm. So you can't just have a guy playing in, in Reggie's getting paid yeah. crazy money because, you know, it's that really weakens his side from a salary cap point of view. And that's yeah. why there should be a, like a long-serving allowance oh, yeah, so that should. you don't have to make these tough business decisions and and you know potentially cut short players careers yeah well and we will get to that in a different section where we'll, we'll go into that in bigger depth but yeah he did call for it but jared's still there and you know he's got this weekend's match um against the eels then the following weekend against manly then just the south and then in the fourth match campbelltown up there on 8 p.m friday 2 june campbelltown against the west tigers all going to plan that's his 300th once more, we hear he makes it. He'll make it. He'll make it. We here at Raised View with Blake and the Pork are encouraging a convoy. Oh, it's going to happen. A convoy up the pork there. Mobile. Well, the Porkmobile. Are you going to drive me there and back? Um, so maybe. I can so I can have a have a few with Danny Stewart. Yeah, why not? Why not? He's going to meet us there at the game. Is he? Yeah. Yeah, I'm bringing young Matthew with me, so yeah, maybe we won't hang out with Danny Stewart. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't, I don't, don't want him to get that feeling. But look, that that one's coming up. That's uh, that that's a good piece of news. We've also got the news that uh, Albert Hopawate has returned. Yes. Before we just finish off that um, Jared Croker thing, there has been some speculation that maybe um, he might somehow miss a game between now and and, and Campbelltown mm. to ensure that he plays the three hundred. You know, in front of a huge crowd, home crowd at uh, GIO, as mm. opposed to the what will probably be a pretty cold and grim. Campbelltown Friday night um, game, but I've been assured that he's the plan is for him to play. Mm. He's not going to be rested, and if if he plays three hundred at Campbelltown, then three hundred one they'll have a big they'll well, have a big celebration. Back the home. other thing is is the next game is actually the six pm game on the Friday night against the Warriors. Um, so it will be tough for a lot of crowd to get there at that time. That's and always the six pm one. Yeah, the six pm in Canberra. Look, it's 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 not easy to get. It's out not there. great, but I mean, it's it's a bit easier probably than it is to get to like. Mate, I think at this stage you don't you don't hold back the horses at this stage. You do a straight run and you get to that three hundred. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And absolutely. I, I, no I think plan. anything else would be absolutely There's crazy. No but again, Albert Hopawade returning. Big news. Yes, at the expense of. I mean, we knew that. Um, Albert was promised his spot back. He was mm-hmm. just going to his sister's wedding, and um, Xavier Savage has dropped out, of, dropped back to New South Wales Cup. He's been named as 18th man, 18th man on the yep. extended bench, mm-hmm. and he's also been named at fullback mm-hmm. uh, for reserve grade. Hopefully, he does play uh, a full game at fullback for reserve grade because I think that would benefit his long term development a lot more than riding the pine as 18th man. Well, and Matthew, you can probably tell us this. I, I believe the New South Wales Cup uh, match is a curtain raiser, is it not, on, on Saturday? 
Yeah, they've got the SG ball, then the New South Wales Cup game playing before, which is exciting. Chevy Stewart's on the bench. There's a few good names there. Smith Shields is playing. Um, He's played fullback, I think, or he played fullback last... No, sorry. He played fullback last week because they didn't name a fullback and then they put Harley Harley there. there, Yeah, yeah, because they're up in Queensland. But, you you know, I was just going to say, look, I thought Xavier had a pretty decent game. You know, a few fans are kind of riding him a bit hard. I've watched the game a few times now, like I always do. Mm -hmm. Daniel Neves, he's watched it a few times. Daniel Neves. No, but I, uh, I, I thought he had a pretty decent game and... You know, it's one of those tricky things. I'd like to see Savage at fullback. Chris, you can't fault him at the moment. He's playing mm. spectacularly, especially his carries. Mm. His um, carries are his... good. Look, he's, he's, we're still conceding a lot of tries on kicks, and we're conceding them early in the count, which is, you know, maybe a, a, a coaching thing as much as it is blaming it on Seb Chris. Because what was it, the game against the Cowboys, I think? In the press conference, yeah, Ricky couple. said, yeah. um, you know, we like having Seb up defending in the line, you know, but that means we're vulnerable to it to a kick. And that's if you if you look at those kicks on the against the Bulldogs, Preston, yeah, yeah like tackle two, tackle three, mm-hmm. you know, where he's up was, in the line. I know. And uh, clearly they're they're trying to isolate that. Um, but it's it's a hard one to know when you're just watching the game because you know there's a few players we can isolate and I you know we've all certainly isolated I think I had Jared down the pecking order deeply down the pecking order earlier in the season but Ricky spoke about it in the presser about how the calming influence he calls it and how much he has on you know sort of relaxing that side in defence on that on that edge so you know obviously we've got Jared on one side and Elliot on the other and maybe they're actually helping. The guys line up in defence a bit better than we were earlier in the season. Um, I don't know the stats and how we're de- if we're defending much better, but certainly we're winning games now, which is mm. you know what's the most important thing. But um, yeah, no reserve grade will be before, which will be exciting. I think mm. my brother's going to be there actually. He's flying up from Melbourne with his with my nephew, so they're going to come out and watch the game, which is good fun. Oh, cool. All right. Well, they might have to do a, a raise review with Blake and the Port meet up. Uh, pre-match, so maybe they can even meet the shark, as I believe he'll be in the in the environs at that stage. Look, and that leads me with it being the curtain raiser, the fact that Xavier Savage could in fact do the first half in Reggie's at fullback, and, and then, then come off man. and then be 18th man. And yeah. and I think it's like that, the old days, play reserve grade, then sit on the bench for the second half. That's right. And and I look, I think that's that's a chance. But we have more news. Yeah, before before we finish this, the Xavier Savage thing. I didn't think he was that great, mate. I don't think he's a winger. I think he got he got dragged across the sideline. You know they've brought yeah. Albert Hopewade back in um, mm. for his tough meters. He's he's one of the best meter making wingers in the comp this year. Mm. I agree. Uh, I'd, and, I'd have Hopper back too, but I just don't think he was as bad as what some people are saying. No, but I I would have liked I would I would still want to see him back at full black full back in first grade. Mm. But the fact that he was unwilling to try and catch, you know, he wasn't the only one. Seb Chris as well. And I mean Matt Burton's bombs. Let's face it. There's, there's never. I've in no. all my time, I've never seen anyone who's. But, but in that last five minutes, Matt, Matt, or ten minutes, Burton put up four bombs. The mm-hmm. only one that was caught was caught by Savage when he no, caught no, 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 the top no, of Jared. No, 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 no. What about yeah. what about Rappiner? So don't you think it was telling when Seb Chris went off for his HIA that they didn't send Savage there? They sent Rappiner back there, and Rappiner caught every bomb. He got under all of them. And the thing about Rappiner, as opposed to Savage and maybe Seb Chris to a mm. lesser extent, is he backs himself. Mm. Like yeah. you have to those sort of bombs, you can't let them bounce. You know, I agree. To, go back and watch that to... game, and and Savage caught one. I've watched it twice. over the top. 
Over the top of Jared Croker. He did catch one. And when yeah. they, all those weren't on Savage. There was one that was because he was trying to get back in a position. But that that kick was kicked from the left-hand sideline. I know. Whipped hard right. Seb Chris let as many drop as Savage I did. I know. I'm saying that he did. I'm not saying that he didn't. But I'm saying for Xavier Savage to make a compelling case for him to return to fullback this week, he mm. did himself no favours in that game. Okay. Well, if who would got, you have before? If, if you if you if you could have Savage at fullback and Chris in the centers, I'd have Chris Savage at fullback. fullback. I would have yeah, Savage so at fullback. Yeah, so would I. And I would but, drop Jared Croker. But I would have him at fullback. But if he's already if they're already amongst the coaching staff, we assume have doubts about Savage going back to number one, playing number one. Him yeah. not taking kicks just gives them justification to not play him there. Yeah, and absolutely. that's why I'm saying he needs to go back to um, reserve grade this week. And the thing, the fact of the matter is, there's no one who's going to kick put up a bomb. Like that in no. reserve grade. Well, Mitchell Moses still, isn't playing. Yeah. yeah, still playing. Hawk shaking his head in the background because of yeah, what no, I said about Jared Croker. I'm sorry, mate. Jared Croker, it's just not going to happen. He's come back and he's scoring Not on 297. Tries. Not on 297. No, it's not just because oh, of that. Mate. It's because he's doing a good job and he's getting his bloody conversions. Oh, like yeah. the one stat that came out midweek when they were talking about the top statistics for sides, like in the NRL this year, the Raiders were in one. And it was, we're doing the best for conversions. And do you know why? Because Jared Croker is kicking the damn conversions. Yeah, Fogarty, we have Fogarty's won... a pretty good kicker as well. Though. Yeah, but not so that... we have won a number right, of matches simply on the back of his boot. His defense has been fine. He's scoring tries. He's Rappers getting stronger. Right. He's getting stronger with every <sighs> yeah. bloody match. And yet you guys still sit here and say, oh, we're going to drop Jared Croker. I don't oh, say mate, it. Look, if... I don't say hey, it. Paul, if I was coaching that side, the two people that have we dropped this weekend's game against Parramatta are our two captains. I'm sorry, but defensively they're both. Yeah, but they're as, struggling, mate. As you know, we but they we, ob- they obviously, as Ricky said, they offer so much more. Yeah, we sorry don't see that. Much. We don't see that. You know, we're not mm. we're not on the coach. We don't see the intangibles. We don't see the on-field direction. Mm. We don't see the leadership, the examples, the set. chat. Yeah, yeah, mm. we don't mm. see that. We just see we don't know it. So we're just guessing. I get look, it. Look, 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 I know I'm always the company man. I am, and I am absolutely the company man. There's no question about that. But this is one where I've always been thinking there has got to be some point. This is the argument I made all those years ago with Robert Finch and Kevin Neal when they axed Stuart and Clyde because they were basically aging piece of injury prone meat, which they were, right? I didn't the didn't issue. Do that. The issue we was... have to have players that are sacred cows where you have to say there gets to a point where the club backs you regardless. That's the point where that player has to look at it and saying, they're now backing me regardless, and is this my legacy? And I know in two thousand eleven, Alan Tung walked away when he had another year. On his well, this could be the year that this could be the year that proves that theory, right? So you argued that to us what eighteen months ago, yeah, and Blake and I uh, refuted it pretty profusely, mm. and now Jared's been brought back in, and even though you know you can look at his stats or even Whitehead stats, and like I'm saying, what I'm what I'm seeing some some lapses in defence and the lack of speed, but clearly we've won every game, yeah, and the the leadership group want to play with him, so there there has to be something. Mm. That is going on that clearly just guys in a podcast and me watching on the TV, we just don't know and we don't see and and he's and he's helping them, you know. Maybe like if in, you watch maybe if you watch the game just a few more times. Four yeah. times, five maybe times. Maybe missed five. one or two details <laughs> in there. I don't know. But look, I don't disagree with you about Smellett, but I don't think dropping him from the seventeen. I just think either A, giving him breaks because they're not doing it. Front row rotation, yeah. anyone, or alternatively or having a having someone that, on the bench. No, we'll have him start and have someone that can play back row on the bench. How do we like Corey Hadawiranaira? Or starting with a player for the first twenty minutes, which are the fastest and the most wearing out, and bringing him on after that point. You know, remember Robbie Fowler for Liverpool all those years ago. When he got a little bit beyond it, they didn't start the guy. 
they waited to the second half and brought him on, and they prolonged yeah, but his career. And we sport. saw the, yeah, it's, it's, and that's what I'm saying. That's why t- players get tired. They yeah, but that's why tired. you can play veterans and super subs in in football. Yeah, okay, yeah, so maybe it's not. You can have a forty-year-old Zola come on and play for ten minutes. Have I do off. wonder that though. I do wonder that in rugby league, and I've often thought that is that are we still a sport that is obsessed with players getting dropped to the bench, like? If you're starting, you're starting. And if mm. you're an impact prop, still plays as many minutes or more minutes, mm. you, is that considered a, a lesser position? You know, you think about Appy Corusau, who started off the bench last year and was the yeah. better hooker, clearly, than Mitch Kenny. But I, 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 and the reason I think this is because there were times when I wanted Papali'i and Tarpani both playing mm. at the same time. Yeah. And then the drop off was better. massive. Yeah, they worked better in tandem. You know, and, then, um, and then I started wondering whether they should be playing opposite each other. But it's clearly we figured that out this year, or maybe even last year. But I, I do wonder whether we had we would benefit off having a bit more impact off the bench as a Raiders. You know, yeah. But, but you think about it, right? And I know we've all made fun of me calling about Whitehead in the front rotation. If he's sitting there in the seventeen jersey. He doesn't come in for the first 20 minutes when it's hot and heavy, right? He's not getting worn out this by is that like salt bones. Gidley for New South Wales, the captain right. on the bench. Yeah, yeah, but... 2027, then, then he comes head. on. So if you need him to come into the front row or someone, he can do that. You know, is it perfect? No, but he can do it. If you need him to second row, he can do it. If you need him to pinch at lock, he can do it, but not in the hot stuff there and not leaving him on for 80 minutes or 70 minutes. That's ridiculous. It is clearly now ridiculous, you know? Yeah. It, you know it, what? It's, 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 and we, let's clip that and send it to Ricky in a texter. So we have to protect Whitehead's legacy, you know? Like he's come into the side in 2016, I believe, the year after Hodgson came in from Les Catalans, and he has been a performer this whole time. Now he's slowing down. Do you know why he was playing for Les Catalans? Because uh, he left Bradford. Yeah, because Bradford went broke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's no, I think I think his legacy's fine. He's, I think he's, 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 think he's still one of our best players. I just, just, I just not have him there for trying to play eighties. It's, it's crazy. Well, he mop, he he mops up so much in defence, and clearly he's a better defender than CHN. But mm. there's got to be a better way to use a player he's... of CHN's quality. Like CHN is a international back rower that would be probably starting in every other club and should be with us. But clearly he's gotten some deficiencies, you know, in defense. And, but Ricky spoke about it in the press is saying he wants him to get more minutes. So yeah, but like I said last week, on the, try. like I said last week um, on the, the re-recorded episode that you yeah, didn't, wasn't feature me. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> you didn't feature in, if Ricky wants to play him for more, if Ricky wants him to play more minutes, put him on for more minutes. No, but Ricky don't in play the press for 10 room. minutes and then then say, oh, he's got to get it back to New South Wales Cup so he can play some more minutes. But Ricky Ricky revealed in a, I don't know if it was this week's presser, might have been. It was the um, pre-game one. It was the pre-game one he does. That he plays, he, 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 you can tell now that he's got a very specific structure with his bench rotation and he his, it's middles. He wants three middles. Mm. And at a and so yeah, and you have one the, guy that comes on for 10 minutes at the end, which is kind of pointless. But anyway. Yeah, yeah. But, but this is the other thing too. And we've laughed about it before. Elliot can go into that rotation. He hits like a train. He's big enough. Well, he, he could play. He, like, he can play tackles. Lock. He can play lock. He can mm-hmm. bloody play. Prop. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have him as prop taking the first hit up off a of kickoff, 
but he could play. He can play. No, I wouldn't do that either. But after the first I would just minutes. to see what happens. Like I want to do it once, just once. No, you don't. You absolutely don't. What, it's like, like, Matt, it's like when Matt Frawley defended in the middle. Oh, and remember that time he was brilliant <laughs> when you said he was good. He came off the field. He was so, that was right in front of me. He was so gassed. Oh, was he, he was. He was looked half dead. He, he was Matt Frawley was, was brilliant. Thank you. And he yeah. got a nickname from you guys. And he's yeah. a club legend. So let's you move man. on. He is now. So we've got some other. We've got some good news this week with the young SG ball player he was in the accident Jacob Bicepa yeah um, has actually regained consciousness um, and no, he's, he's looking good he's the fun of him he's looking good and yeah, he's um, out of intensive care Thank you for all those people like we here at the good uh, show of Ray's Review with Blake and the Pork who actually donated to his GoFundMe page. Yeah, it's not too late. It's not too late. You can get in there and actually help him uh, and his family with the recovery. Um, but uh, great news that he he's recovered from that. Um, and we've actually got uh, some stuff on Mitchell Pearce. Well... Until we sign a replacement um, for or a half, until we sign some sort of replacement for Jack White, and we're going to be linked with every name that's out there. And the latest one we linked with this week is Mitchell Pearce, mm. who said that he's open to an NRL return. Mm -hmm. Now, Ricky and Mitchell go back. They do go back. Uh, a 34-year-old Mitchell Pearce, 35 next year. It does not appeal to me yet. Look, there's two doors Any. on this one that the Raiders have experience in. One, there's the old Jason, Jason Smith. Smith. Yeah. And then there's the old Matt Orphan. Yeah. There's only the one games. club Mitchell. There's only one club Mitchell's going back to, though. Mm. It's the Roosters. Nice. No, he's not coming back to Canberra. No, it's, he's going to the Roosters. Or he's the Tigers. He's going to the Tigers. That's been mooted in a big way. Um, but look, we should actually, um, before we get into the game, let's, uh, let's see what the hell the Sharks got to say. All right, ladies and gentlemen, what is up? John Sharkey back again for another shark attack. The usual style. We're one taking this today, baby. All right. Uh, yeah, th that game went exactly how I thought it was going to go. We were going to score a bunch of points and get screwed over by the referee. Uh, Chris Sutton, I mean, I kind of feel bad for the guy. When you have two penises that are growing out of your forehead that really obstruct your view... And you can't see anything on the field. I mean, I don't know how that guy doesn't get some sort of, like, disability pay. I don't know. It's just weird that they let him referee games of that condition. I don't know. But uh, it doesn't matter because he had, uh, we'll say, a blinder, no pun intended. But, uh, yeah, screw that dude. Whatever. Gooler got screwed out of, a, out of a try. The Jack Whiten try, the Falcon try should have stood. The line judge was a total and absolute disgrace. All right, but F you. Guess what? It didn't mean anything. You couldn't stop us. I know the NRL wanted the Bulldogs to stay in contention. Too bad you couldn't stop us. So sad, you ding-dongs. All right, coming up this week, we got Parramatta, the biggest frauds in the entire league. If we can't beat them without Mitchell Moses, then we're no good to anybody. This is the biggest litmus test. It's going to be freezing in Canberra this Saturday. I mean, balls-ass cold. All right? Let's go! Going to send him back to Parramatta in a jelly. All right, that's how you do it in England, the jelly deal. All right, whatever. That's it. The only eel reference I have. Okay, stop it. All right, this week's Mark of the Shark song is, uh, it goes out to, to Chris Sutton and the line judge. It's Stab the Judge by One Way System. I couldn't find a song that was like Stab the Referee or, you know, anything about the referee. I didn't look that hard. Uh, but this song is great. So uh, until next week, salud. As my boy Sergeant Sharky would say, uh, and go you green things. I love every one of you. I'll see you on Saturday night. Let's go. Okay. Stop the job.
<laughs> well, he's never boring, the Shark. No. Never never boring. Um, he, he'll be at the game on uh, Saturday night, so keep a, a look out. And if you see him, just be careful not to aggravate him because he will shank you. It's true. He will shank you. But look, the Bulldogs game, I mean, we, we need to get into it. Um, there, there are many things to be considered in that game. I mean, firstly, the statistics were so one-sided, it was almost unbelievable that the Raiders only won that match by four points. Like, almost inconceivable that they only won that match by four points. Well, it's happened. You know, it's two weeks in a row that's happened. All the stats have been on our side. But and the Bulldogs only had one line break, and they scored. You take Matt Burton's bombs out of that game, hmm. the Bulldogs staying out on the score sheet. And I'll, I'll say one more thing um, when we're talking about the Xavier Savage one. Matt, that one that he did not even attempt and then dropped and um, it went to Karaz and he passed infield to... Um, yeah, he didn't drop it, but he didn't get to it. Yeah. No, he would be better off fumbling it, you know, and then knocking it on and, and, and regaining it. And then at least you have a scrum and you set your line. Mm. I don't think he had any chance of even getting near it, mate. He Look, So that that def, that attacking set that the Bulldogs were coming every out... Low, every low scored. Mm. It was Karaz took it. We... We dominated them, and they were coming out on their right-hand side. The first tackle was a great tackle by Jared Croker, and mm-hmm. he's actually managed to do that really well, where it's like the second or the third tackle, the, the, the opposition is sweeping it from the left two to three passes outside of the ruck, and Jared rushes up. Xavier was next to him, and then the dummy half took it, and Xavier put him on his back. They The dogs took it back to the left, and they kicked pretty. They kicked like on the fourth or the fifth, and they didn't make many yardage. Mm. That ball whipped almost back towards Karaz. Like there was no yeah. way he could even get to it. So clearly, at some point in the game, our and wrongly, our strategy was to let the balls bounce. Chris let probably three bounce. You know, I think that was. Look, I think that was them though, because like I said, when when Rapper went to fullback, he. Backed himself and he caught him. Well, the stats here, though, we had 54% to 46% possession. That's that's 8%. That's a lot of ball time. Our completion rate was 83 to their 72. We had, with the ball in hand, seven more sets than them. Seven more sets um, than they had. Uh, we had... We made like 25, 26 more runs than them. We made 276 more metres than them. We made three more line breaks. Um we missed 23 tackles. They missed 32. We actually had to make 280. They made 318. So it was so much more than that. And yet, at the end of the day, they ended up scoring five converted tries to our six, basically, uh, you know, tries yeah. within yeah, that. That, that penalty trial break. wasn't a try. That penalty I, I, trial. I, I believe absolutely it was, it was a penalty try. Penalty no, try. it wasn't. He was, it was three absolutely metres out of the line. Was. Absolutely, no, it, it was a penalty try. I, if that hadn't been a look, there was one. No, no, Ricky, uh, Matt, hey, look at me. You Matt, look at me through the computer now. That is not a penalty try. Matt, Matt, did you see Ricky in the press conference? Yeah, because we won the. Stop, I'm about to swear we won the game. So that he, was a penalty he, try. That was so he took the high ground because he knew he could. That was not a penalty try. He was tackled three meters out from the line. Mm. Not a penalty try. You 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 do not know one hundred percent. No, you if don't. You, it, you don't, and that's that's the rule. You don't. No, absolutely, you don't. But my only thing was, I thought it was a penalty try, but I also thought that when um, the Canterbury defender literally changed direction and shoved our person um, chasing through the ball, yeah, um, and took him out so he couldn't get at it, was exactly the same and should have been a penalty try and or a sin pin. And in the end, they awarded a bloody dropout. That yeah. was... 
you know, and we're seeing at the moment the Warriors see, um, chief sponsor ahead of them being, you know, brought up um, the Integrity Commission Committee for basically make allegations of engineering on the part of the, the officials in the Warriors match. Um, so, you know, you don't want to come out there and actually make allegations of engineering, but there were some decisions in there in that match all throughout the match where I thought to myself, my God, they are determined to keep this match close. And if they yeah, weren't the Warriors... determined, it's what they're doing. The Warriors um, CEO went a little bit too far, but he had a point. Like he had a couple of guys sin binned and mm. sent off that they didn't need to be. There was a hip drop that was a bit ridiculous. But in our game, Annesley came out on Monday and what said that the Gula try was a try. Absolutely and then, was. And uh, the Savage try was a try. So that's yeah. 12 well, the, points the savage, the savage try you're referring to is the Jack White and Falcon. But what I didn't understand at the time, it would have been so easy for Chris Sutton to have just, if he thought there just was a knock on, on. No, no, no. He should have just gone, no try. And checked it. Yeah. Because Savage has already got already put the ball down under the sticks and he goes, no, no, it's it's a knock on. Well, the issue was apparently Chris Sutton already yeah. blown the whistle before it got to the point where Savage and I've forgotten who the other player was. Was it Salo? Um, were kicking it off the ground. And no, then Jack Whiten. Jack, Jack White, White, Jack right. White and kicks He's it. already blown the whistle for Whiten having knocked the ball on by that point. Yeah. So play actually had to stop. But he shouldn't have blown that. At that stage, he should have done play on because the chances were if the Raiders regained and scored, you'd go back and you could check it. Or if the Raiders didn't regain, you know, and the Bulldogs got it, then you didn't have to do anything like that. That one yeah. it is more excusable because he played what he saw. And I'm prepared for referees to play what they're seeing and blow that whistle as much as it hurt us on that one. What I'm not prepared for was when literally he's called up a forward pass after the ball has been put down when he didn't need to do that there was a protocol specifically in place for forward passes after the bloody horrible one against the raiders from us a few years ago whereby he could have said i'm calling no try i want you to check that that's a forward pass no the the, the they can't check forward yeah, they can't check forward passes Tim. but it's but he but he called it so the problem with chris sutton is and maybe it's a derivative from no, they changed the rules. They changed the no, rules. No, they, they haven't. They haven't. No, they haven't. Talked you can't about call bringing, forward passes. Yeah, they've talked about bringing in like ball tracking to determine. But the forward, forward passes. passes they haven't brought in this. You can't do forward passes. You never been. The forward to. passes in that in that instance when Chris Sutton is in the in goal, the forward pass should be really on the linesman. And yeah. the, the issue that I'm having lines with Chris persons. Sutton, lines peoples. Yeah. The issue that I'm having having with Chris Sutton is that. Clearly, he's risen up the ranks of refereeing because he makes quick calls mm. and he, he prides himself on making quick calls. There was so many bad quick calls in that game that went both ways. Like we got the rub of the green with the refereeing for a majority of that game. And then there's some howlers that cost us 12 points in the end. So, you know, a lot of Raiders fans might be up in arms, but that forward pass is ridiculous. And that Falcon is absolutely like to your point, Blake, there is nothing lost by letting it play out mm. and then just and actually mm. having a proper look at it. And mm. that's 12 points there. And then you think about the penalty trial, which that wouldn't have even happened because Savage would have scored. That could have turned the game. And, yeah. you know, and we're still sitting with a pretty bad um, points differential. But I'm sure the Raiders fans that watched the rest of the NRL magic round saw at least, because I did, at least four to six tries that were scored with more forward passes than that pass under the same posts. It was insane. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was terrible and, 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 and there were turnarounds in that, just like there were against the 
the Dolphins, where Goulard gets denied a try against the Dolphins that should have been, and then instantaneously the Dolphins yeah. score again. If if Goulard gets that try at that stage, it's twenty four nil, and there's no coming back. You know, it, except there the, is coming back because the Titans had come back for previously the week before. Who, however, who would they come back against? That you know, they'd come back against the Titans. The Dolphins, I say the Titans. You look the at Dolphins. this. When Jack Whiten is ruled to have done the knock-on, it's the 76th minute. Well, it's not even a minute later when the penalty try goes the yeah, other, yeah, other well, direction. Yeah, that's what Matt just said. Yeah, Are you paying attention? Yeah, I was listening. But what I'm saying is the, these turnarounds were so damn quick that they happened. And it was only just into the second half. When... Let's talk about some of the positives in the game. And, and it brings us to the highly uh, prestigious Raiders review with Blake and the Pork. Uh, Man of the Match Award, $20 Land Speed Records gift voucher. Mm -hmm. It's happened again. I'm going to award two $20 um, Man of the Match Awards Mm -hmm. because there were two players that absolutely stood out in that game for my mind. One um, is Matt Timiko, who just Mm -hmm. goes from strength to strength. He scored a try. He set up two other tries. He ran for over Mm -hmm. 200 metres. He was incredible. I think he ran for just about maybe the only person that ran for more metres was Seb Chris. But he had an incredible game. And the other one, you know, we can't go past. He's just in such a rich vein of form now. Mm. Corey Horsburgh, that first try, uh, the first try was was off the back of that run where he just kept on yeah, going. Oh, yeah, His yeah. first three or four runs are incredible. And yeah. I was curious and, about Wolford getting behind him and yeah, pushing. Yeah, a, a bit of rugby. But is that actually allowed? I don't not think really. it is. No, no. It, is, it is allowed, but not on the try line. But if yeah. we brought a podcast last year a few teams do it a lot melbourne yeah Storm you were saying the melbourne stuff yeah or they or they peel off the um they peel yeah. off the defenders mm. yeah they rip out in munster does yeah. it um but no yeah you can't argue with those two like they were brilliant it's the best game i've seen horsburgh play and which is amazing but we've been saying that for the last couple of weeks yeah, yeah we have well, yeah, and, and, and now the national media is starting to say it and and, well, and I'll, I'll i'll eat humble pie because I, I i wasn't sure whether the modern game had passed him by at the beginning of last year and mm. i thought he might be one of those great um you know sort of forwards that iconic that players basketball. like yeah. who like um shannon boyd Alan Boyd, you know, I yeah. thought maybe he's our next Mark Tukey. Break my heart. And he's the now... cult figure that's good for 20 minutes. Yeah, that, well, a cult figure, that's what it was looking. So Timiko had hey, um... 200 metres, an offload, a line break, six tackle breaks, and two try assists. Horsburgh, 180 metres. Uh, he had two missed tackles, unfortunately, but he had four tackle breaks within there. But let's go down to Jay Tarpanay, right? Last year's Meninga medalist, 153 metres, three tackle breaks. Absolutely brilliant. Seb Chris, 145 metres, two tackle breaks in there. Hudson Young, starting to get back in some form now. He had 107 metres and two tackle breaks. Unfortunately, missed four tackles. And Jack White, once more, ran for over 100 metres again with five tackle breaks, and that's the sort of thing we need to do. And then Josh Papali'i was, I think, the sixth Raiders player who did 100 metres in that match, 102 metres for him. So that's yeah, great. I don't think they me. had a forward that ran. I don't think they had a forward that no. cracked 100 metres. So we Papa's were all, playing we were less all minutes too, which is interesting. He's only playing 40-odd minutes, 42 minutes. Oh, I, think they're, I think they're mixing it up a bit. Oh, Horsburgh's playing 70, and who'd have thought Horsburgh would be playing? That's what I meant about the, the cult. He, I thought he was going to be the next Luke Page. Remember Luke Page? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do remember Luke <laughs> he Page. Never, he never played. He played 10 minutes of first grade for the Dragons, was completely gassed. It was never heard from <laughs> never again. Heard from but him. he was awesome. That's some of those highlight videos of him just running over the top of people in, in reserve grade. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you, well, can't, you can't just run 
straight and hard off the back fence in the NRL anymore. No, you can't. What, one of our, if you one are, of... if you are, if you are a Raiders fan, which you are, because you listen to this, how good is it to watch us play under lights in oh, yeah. a professional new stadium? You know, like in those cameras and just, I, I loved watching watching us. You know, in a nighttime game with a crowd like that, and to see Before... the news, and it might it might come up later, but to see the news that's happening right now back home in Australia in Canberra with. All this debate about the stadium. Jeez, I hope we get one in Civic. Like it would just change the entire dynamic of that city, and mm-hmm. it keeps breaking my heart. We talk about it every year, but mm. if, if I've you, kind of if given you, up. But anyway, look, that's what Ricky said this week too. He's given up. But if if there's any if there's any comment you can put on a on a newspaper article, or if there's any way you can jump up and down, please do shout because... it from your window. Why don't shout you shout it from, it from your, your window, window right now? Maybe Andrew Barr. <laughs> I was with Andrew the other day. Um, now, but looking at the stats from that match, right? Missed tackles. The, these are the concerning runs, right? Well, uh, the concerning thing is we're conceding 30, 30 points. Yeah, yeah. You know, but within this, so Hudson Young missed four tackles. Emre Gula missed three. Harvey, uh, ex Harvey Savage missed three. Jack Whiten missed Are three. Are you going anywhere with these stats, or are you just, just finding things just around? Corey Horsburgh met two. But here's an He's interesting fact. <laughs> All the way down here. Right, right down the bottom of the list of missed tackles because there was only three players in the match who didn't miss a tackle. That was for the the uh, Edwards, Hughes, and Carraz for the Bulldogs. Right down the very bottom there, also making forty three tackles and only missing one is E Whitehead. I know, and I knew you were going to say that because I saw that he only missed one tackle. Right, mm-hmm. but for the second week in a row, his opposite um, back rower has scored a double on him. Yeah. So there was that Preston one, mate. You've watched the game several kicks. times. That Preston one. Was he going for an intercept? That was not good. What was he doing he, there? And it doesn't count he, as a missed tackle because he just comes it, rushing out and leaves a hole for the guy to go through. So I think that, that Elliot Whitehead's missed tackle count is a bit deceptive. I actually went and looked. You're just out to get Elliot. No, no. I, I love Elliot. I went, actually went and looked. Yeah, at, yeah you um, love Elliot. You just hate everything about him. No, that's okay. No, no. I understand it. Shut up. With friends I like went, you, who needs freaking enemies? No, oh, it's wait. like when you it's when you've got a young kid, right, and he's out there playing in a sport. You just know he needs a water bottle. You're not giving him the water bottle pork. See, Blake just wants to give him some extra minutes, take a breather, send on yeah. CHN for twenty, and then send back out Smelly. I want to do All that right, too. So I, 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 I just don't looked, want to rag on him. Do you want me? I've actually got some interesting stats to bring up as opposed to you just, just randomly just reading shit off your phone. You just they want have to no read relevance. <laughs> it's completely free. Hit us with it, Blake. Who Hit the hell who proclaims that you're the bloody doyen of everything that's right and proper? You, right? Listeners. Well, go listeners to hell. back me. Print listeners it on a pineapple me. and shove it up your ass, Listeners Blake. back me. Okay. I wanted to see, because we saw that um, Elliot Whitehead, right? Has had some, has had, what Ted has had some pretty low um, missed tackle counts, Mm -hmm. but I've thought that like, you know, so this week, Preston, his opposite back rower scored two tries the week before uh, Lemelu, he's not that Lemelu, it's it's just Lemelu, it's not Lemelu, that that other guy, Uh, he scored two tries. He's up against Sean Lane this week. That's a hell of an assignment. And Dylan Brown on his edge. They're both, yeah. I guarantee you, they're both coming for Elliot. Right. So I wanted to know um, he hasn't missed that many tackles, but what are his try cause stats? The player and that is credited with the most try causes this year in the NRL, who do you think it is? Oh, dude. Um, mm. Tell us the team and then the Canberra Raiders. Oh, no. 
Harley Smith Shields. Harley Smith Shields was um, up to five before he got dropped. Yeah. So, so Jared's done a lot better in that regard. I don't know what Jared's credited that, but Harley Smith Shields is it, up to five. Is it Elliot? It's not Elliot. Elliot has only got three tri causes against his name on the Fox Sports Lab. That's good. It's Seb Chris. He leads the NRL for tri causes. And all I can assume it's those ones it's where they're kicks. kicking through. It's got to be those nowhere near. Kicks. Yeah. And that's every one of those they're crediting against him as tri causes. The other interesting one is Matt Timiko is up there with seven tri causes. Oh, mm. wow. I think a lot of those happened in the first few weeks. I think he's. Yeah. They, they've, they've, they've tightened it up. Um, you know, and we um, and I think what was happening too with our centres, we had different wingers. You know, we we, we got another different wing combination mm. this weekend. We with, do. I mean, what's going to happen next week when Kotrick is back? And mm. it's as it's, Tim it's said nice last week on the show. Um, I'm not changing the wingers at the moment. No, Rappiner and Hopper. Rappiner and Hopper. Choice. Pretty much are one and two at the moment. Mm. And, yeah. I, and I think has Kotrick ever placed a reserve grade for us? I don't know if he has. I actually don't know if he has. Yeah, I think he might be one you know, of the well, only players. Well, Croke hadn't played reserve grade until like two years ago or whatever. Last he, year. He must, last have, year he hadn't must played. have played Reggie's. Cotridge must have played No, Reggie's he went from 20s to first grade. Did it, was, yeah, he went straight from 20s. killed already by that nah, stage? He went straight from 20s to first grade. Well, he'd be the last of that generation. He'd be, one, he'd be one of them, right, that hasn't played reserve grade. And you'd have to think he's going to come back through reserve grade. That's interesting. Mm. Yeah, yeah, no, it is Humble an interesting tell. thing. Right, so... Probably time to uh, let Danny Stewart have his say. <clears throat> yeah, this is Danny Stewart, the uh, brother of a uh, Canberra coach, Ricky Stewart. <clears throat> now, in regards to that, uh, uh, the win over the doggies uh, last weekend, uh, shout out to the boys for uh, following the uh, game plan to the uh, absolute letter. <clears throat> uh, now, that game plan being... Uh, uh, get off to a quick start, skip out to a uh, 16 or 18 point lead before uh, fucking around in the second half, letting the opposition back in the game and uh, stumbling over the line and winning by uh, four points. <clears throat> uh, they couldn't have executed it uh, any more perfectly and uh, shout out to uh, Chrissy Sutton there who uh, also played his part. <clears throat> um, if he actually did his job there and uh, awarded those uh, two fair tries that uh, were disallowed, uh, we actually would have won that game by uh, 16 to 20 points. <clears throat> um, and that uh, something about that wouldn't have uh, felt right. Uh, it's not part of our Raiders game day experience having easy wins, uh, sitting there with uh, 20 to go, knowing we had the game won. Uh, uh, that just wouldn't have uh, sat easy at all. <clears throat> uh, so shout out to uh, Chris for keeping it close there uh, with his utter incompetency and uh, ensuring uh, we only won by four. <clears throat> now, now, in regards to the uh, game coming up against the uh, Eels, uh, uh, the Eels fans, as we all know, they love Rick. Uh, what a bright fan base they are. <clears throat> uh, what so many of the uh, Eels fans fail to recognise is that uh, if Rick didn't uh, do his job with the uh, overhead projector there and uh, cut two of their plays uh, there a few years back, uh, they'd still be running around with uh, Luke Kelly and Matt fucking Keating. <clears throat> so, uh, Eels fans, uh, instead of hating Rick, uh, you're owing him a debt of gratitude. <clears throat> uh, so, uh, looking forward to the... Uh, uh, game on Saturday. Uh, let's make it five in a row and uh, go your green machine. Never boring, Danny. Never boring. Probably the best thing. Probably the best thing that ever happened this show. And probably you coming on was was second best, Matt. But probably oh, the best that thing is that, such that, a cruel. No, I'm I'm third best. Just like the show is the third most popular. <laughs> let's move on. Not the third most popular anymore. Not the third most popular anymore. Oh God, he uh, does. Probably well, and it's in large parts thanks to Danny that we've we've 
gained our recent massive popularity. Uh, probably the best thing that ever happened was that Tuesday afternoon, I headed out to um, Moby Dick's Tavern mm. in Holt. Have you ever been there? I don't believe I have. No, you're I missing was, out. I was at the Holt shops just the other day. Have you been to the Page Tavern? Of course I've been to the Page Tavern. Okay, well, imagine imagine the, the, the more family-friendly version of the page tavern What's wrong with the page tavern it's perfectly <laughs> yeah. family friendly and then and then you got moby dicks anyway i was out there on a tuesday afternoon i met this bloke the page tavern's in my barrio mate i can't believe you'd rag on something again you live, you live, i love the page, there in the page i love tavern. the page yeah who else apparently used to be a big fan of uh the page tavern mm-hmm. jack whiten but that's another story um i was out at moby dicks tavern on a tuesday afternoon just you know having a punt having a couple of schooners and i yes, met this bloke mm-hmm. who assured me that he's in fact ricky stewart's illegitimate long lost brother mm-hmm. and that was danny and ever since then he's been part of the show <clears throat> there you go he has he has well i'm also i'm related to the stewarts too so it's a long web that the stewarts are you related to danny or ricky or both both, both if it's one it's the other <laughs> you don't like we should, we should get our listeners to vote what's their favorite tavern in canberra yeah, you know the the Canberra. I don't tavern. think there's two. Oh, there's Canberra Tavern. Yeah, definitely. It used to be the yeah. Rose and Crown out in the creek. I that's mean, gone. That, that was great, but that's long gone. What was the What was the great one pork that was in Curtin? Oh, the Stato. Stato is still sort of. Yeah, that's that's my my land, land speed landlord owns a statesman. Well, he's passed away, but his family still. Is that still there? Yeah, yeah, it's still there. That was amazing. But that's a pub. It's got a bit more These taverns are a bit different. Taverns are more like. You just uh, and sort of a shop fit out of a sort of a... the old Irish club at the top of Belconnen. You know that was <laughs> that was a tavern. Um, yeah, wasn't very good. Anyway, um, it's time for Ask Clown of the Week. <laughs> and of course, we do that thanks to our great sponsors, Les and Trev, down there at Raiders Plumbing. Because if you need ass, you need ass crack. And who better to give you your ass crack than a plumber? And if you're going to need a plumber, get down to Raiders Plumbing and tell them that Blake and the Pork sent you. That's the important thing. Um, so who have you got for me this week, Blarko? So my Ask Clown of the Week, this is a retrospective Ask Clown. Ooh. And this sort of goes back to the um, the person that picked the New Zealand um, test squad for the World Cup. Oh. The New Zealand coach. Does anyone know? I'm not sure who, who it is. Currently. You're going to be an Ask Clown for doing this. <laughs> the, New Zealand, the New Zealand test coach. How the hell did Matt Timiko not? It still baffles me to this day. How did he not get picked in the New Zealand? Well, Match said his defence wasn't great, and you just admitted that he's led in how many tries? Mm. Yeah, but he's improved. Do you know so Matt maybe Timico's, that's how he didn't get picked? Matt Timiko's stats um, for this year. <sighs> so now you're going to rag on Matt. Just listen. Why, why are you picking retrospective ask clown? <laughs> for this year, so so far he's got. He's averaging 162 running metres as opposed to last year where he's averaging 109. He's already basically scored as many tries, made as many line breaks as he did for the whole of last season. He's everyone's favourite Raider now. We all know yeah. it. Like, I've got, I've got he's the best Raiders fans who are reaching out going, oh, my God, Matt Tomoko is amazing. And I'm like, yeah. yeah do, do you make sure you fill them in on what his nickname is? Three Legs. It's not Three, three Legs. Three Knees. <laughs> God, you're so young sometimes. Adam three Elliott's knees. Three Legs. Yeah. Matt has three knees. But anyway, <laughs> middle. I just, I just hope, I just hope that New Zealand Test coach has been watching Matt Timiko's progress. You think he has? Yeah, I'd like to. I'd like. I'd like to think. Let me finish. I'd like to think that he has. And when I don't think there's, there's no Anzac Test. There's no. Whenever the next time he picks the New Zealand um, Test team, he picks the best New Zealand centre getting around. Because you know what he did in the World Cup. He had, buddy, back rowers, fullbacks, 
everyone playing center apart from actual centers. Mm. So, Michael McGuire, you are my Ask Man of the Week. Oh, you suck. Okay, who have you got, Matthew? Mine's the referee on the weekend, Chris Sutton. It's simple. You okay. almost cost us the game. Okay, and I completely agree. It is Chris Sutton. You will find that he is not holding the whistle this week. He's probably got a flag somewhere. He's probably in a bunker, but he's not running a match because he's been dropped for two pretty big howlers, let, let's face it. In fact, look, we, we need we need good stuff there, but there's no questions asked. He is the Ask Man of the Week, and if you combined it with his brother, they'd be front runners for a pair Ask of asses. Of the, They'd be front Ask. runners for Ask Man of the Year. I actually, but, I it's not even for that howler over the knock-on, man. That forward pass was not even The forward close. pass, and what's more, it was a great pass, and it was a it was great a, know, try, and he spoiled it. And that was, you know, Ricky was so happy, and then he came back, and it's like you just think to yourself, ah, oh, Christopher Sutton. That's but just... also, Gula to get a try after the, the drop last week over the line. Oh, Gula. Gula had a good game. He did. He had a good game. He's, yeah. What's he got to but, do to get off the moody run? Chris, yeah, that's right. Chris Sutton, <laughs> Chris Sutton, that was Brad. But it also, you know, it highlights something to me that made me makes me a little bit annoyed. In, my, in fact, you might say it grinds my gears. You know what really grinds my gears? Do you know what grinds my gears, Blake? Matthew? Andrew Barr. Is it still dog no, pee bags? I love Andrew Barr. Is it still people yeah. leaving little dog pee bags? Yeah, I really get annoyed. Why would you even bother putting it in the bag if you're just going to leave the bag? What about, I'm not going to pick about, it up later. About, they're on the walk. It's what about like, dogma movies? No, I don't like those either. No, what drives my gears films. is this, and it relates to the Chris Sutton and being the Ask Clan of the Week, right? We've got, and these are two things that the NRL has just fallen down with the management. When you compare us to the AFL, right, the referees in the AFL, the umpires they're called there, they need 81 umpires for a full round of nine matches they have right they have a panel to service that of 103 graded umpires across the country which means they have a surplus are they all professionals yeah well oh, that must cost a lot they get money yeah it does but it's across the uh, the waffle the sandfall the tap all of the places the act's got people. yeah they, we've got people on the register right they're all across the place they have 103 which is a surplus on top of the 81 that's um, needed. They have an arranged way of players going between the lower levels and the higher levels in order for them to keep in. This season alone, the AFL has brought in 25 new umpires onto that panel. 25 new ones. That is a refreshment of 25% of their people. What do the, the NRL have? They have 19. 19 people to do the umpiring, the refereeing and the touch judges, right? Do you know how many officials that we need to do a full round of eight matches, Blake, Matt, we need 24 and they have 19. So we have to have yeah, but five people each weekend repeating. It doesn't allow you to easily drop there in is nothing. Down. There's nothing to stop you from refereeing a Thursday game and then being a video referee That's on right. But why would you do that when you need lots of people in order to A, give a pathway for people to come up and B, the ability to have a person go back to the lower level yeah, to get it's, their form it's back? Wrong. It's ridiculous. It's, it's, good. Yeah. it's wrong. It's completely wrong. Do you know when, when the want... last new person was added to that panel? Last year? Yeah, it was last year. There were two new ones, and they were the first two new ones for four years. Well, COVID would have interrupted it. Yeah, it yeah, did. How, how, many, how many friends do you guys have, and I'm also the listeners out there, how many friends do you have that not just Raiders fans, but are fans of the sport that are actually getting despondent this, this like is a, this is a, this is a touchy yeah. subject to bring well, up again because tim doesn't have any friends we've established that oh, <laughs> yeah so, but... anyway so the issue is when vlanders first came in he said one of his major things was he didn't want 
fans going away from the game feeling like they'd been ripped off. Well, if you want to do that, make sure you support your officials properly, you rotate them, that you bring through fresh blood all the time, and you have the ability for new people to be brought in and other people to go back and get form. Well, he hasn't done anything Chris that. Sutton is um, running the line on Thursday in yeah. Melbourne at the, the Storm Broncos game. Yeah, and he'll probably be running the line in another match as the well. Head, the head ref on that uh, Todd Smith. I like Todd Smith. Yeah, Todd, I, look, um, for the majority, I think they're all bloody good. I don't think we've got a howl of a ref. I know Chris Sutton didn't have a good game, but he's not a howl of a ref. He's No, no he's, but the whole, system's, the whole system needs revamping. And it I was really, thinking about this but the it's other not day. Going like to. It's a closed club. I've got, I've got mates that are ex, ex-players, and I've got mates that are fans of other side, other. Um, clubs and none of them are happy with what's happening this year. They just feel let down, and they're not, you know, just fans of Ashley Klein's the worst ref. So I just think I I also don't know why. That's your friend that you. (laughs) I think the system needs to be. What what professional sport? Oh yeah, has he been outed? Has he? Your Facebook friend. What what other professional sport has just one referee? I think we should. I think we should yeah, go yeah. back to more referees. I, I think we should too. The other thing, Landis is not going to go back to two referees. The other thing, the NRL. But I don't know. Two's the answer. Big, could okay, be a I'll, real I'll tell you what. Big, hang on. Now let me finish grinding my gears before you go on. The other thing where the NRL is miles and miles behind the AFL on is that long-serving players bonus, right? Blarkey pointed out to me when I was writing an article that's out on Friday in the Raw about that each NRL club gets 188 grand a year. 188 grand, which represents 1.6% of the total salary cap to split between their veteran players who've been with them for 10 years or longer or that they brought up through juniors in order to help them retain yeah, those players. Or, or you could be veteran players that have served, I think it's eight years in one club or yeah. 10 years across the league. That's if you right. want to so play you could actually use that money to poach another player. Yeah, you could poach another player from another club using that veteran yeah. thing, inspector that's not your veteran. In the AFL, once you get to that certain level, 50% of what you're getting paid isn't counted towards the salary That's cap. I'm saying Jack Croker, and then it wouldn't be the pressure to try and force him to retire. Exactly. And they're miles behind, and it grinds my gears, Blake and Matthew. It grinds my gears. Now, what were you saying about the refresh of the referees, Matthew? I was going to say, to Matt, to in response to Matthew's statement, that what other sport in the world has only has one referee? Uh, mm-hmm. Soccer? Soccer. Yeah, but soccer's a very different sport because mm. there's the ball is usually a fair way from most players. It's mm. not it's not anyway, like rugby league. Anyway, no, let's the, not debate the No, the, don't the anyway when points. I'm making a point. Let's, the, 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 the point NFL, NFL, so NFL would NFL would be the one that you would look to where they actually have a lot more referees and they the point is you it. said what other sport only has one referee and I'm just telling you what oh, other sport only has just referee, a okay? tiki touch wood. It's not about the overall argument. No, tennis, it's just about whether you can cho- tennis score a has one referee <laughs> and sit there with that self-satisfied smug look on his face in spite of the fact he hasn't added anything to the argument or any depth to it whatsoever. You've got the depth of a kiddie's toddler waiting pool. Just as attractive as well, you pain in the I think we should. I think we should have four referees. Mm. Oh, yeah, as many as... Bring back the in-goal touch judges. Right, right. Look, okay, we're going through that, right? Let's look at the bloody teams for this week. Okay, we've got to look at that. Okay, and we do that. Um, who the hell do we look at it for? Oh, yeah, we do the for Toyota Forklifts. Um, lift the Forks, uh, great sponsor of the Canberra Raiders. It's a fork on your fork. Yeah, yeah. Noticeably, um, Toyota forklifts aren't made in Canberra, very much like Canberra milk. 
um, who's also a great sponsor yeah, of the Canberra Raiders. They don't call it. They're a great sponsor of the Canberra Raiders. <laughs> Get out there. Support the team that supports Canberra us. Forklift. Buy your Canberra milk. Canberra Toyota forklift. Enough of you and you up the milk. Okay. No, uh, did bloody buy it. Do the right thing by the club. Okay, so we got Seb Chris at the fullback. We've got Hapoate coming back from the wedding on one wing, Rapping on the other. we got... Croker and Timiko in the centres at 5'8". We have Jack and Jamal's at 7. Front row is Papali'i and Tarpane. Zach Wolford, who's been playing big minutes, I think we've noticed that, um, is at hooker. Hudson Young at 11. Elliot Whitehead at 12. With Big Red, Big Sexy in the number 13 jersey. On the bench, Tom Starling. We have um, in the 14 jersey. Emre Gula in the 15. Pasami Solo in the 16 jersey. And Adam Mariota, great to see him back. In the 17 jersey for the Eels. Big out for them. We've got King Gutho in the one jersey out the back there. We've got Mike Acevo on one wing. On the other wing, we have Hayes Dunster. In the centres, we have Will Penasini. We have Bailey Simonson. Ex- Army Penasini, it's got on here. Does it? Yeah. Well, Penasini anyway. We've got Bailey Simonson in the four jersey for the Raiders. Um, for ex- the, for, for the, the Eels. Eels, ex-Raiders player. Probably taking the lead in the side is six, Dylan Brown, who plays very well against us, and Jake Arthur coming in to fill in for Bitchell Moses in the number seven jersey. On the in the front row, they got Wiramu Greg. Lunatic. And Junior Paulo in the front row with our Josh Hodgson, great friend of mine, great friend of the show in the nine jersey. In the second row, Sean Lane getting back to his best form after uh, being out for a long time with that injury. Has Josh Hodgson sent you any emojis during the week? Of course he has. Just poo ones? Or, <laughs> what were they? All, what were the emojis? All, all sorts. I hear he's been sending emo- emojis, but he we has. don't know he what they are. What are they? do whatever he wants. Smiling Andrew poos? Davey, you'll see, has all of a sudden come back into the um, eel yeah. side after being brought back to their mid-season. Jermaine Hopgood, who's actually playing very well. Blake and I saw him playing Reggie's for Penrith last year, and we were impressed sitting there where he was the best player on the field. He's yeah, been rewarded great. with a, a, a spot in the Parramatta Thirteen they jersey had him starting and he, at, at lock, and then for a, for a couple of weeks they went away from it, which I didn't understand. But yeah, he's, well, he looks he's, fantastic. Yeah, but they were naming they were naming him away, and then starting him most games. He's actually started just about most games. No, he's yeah. brilliant. He's, he's a brilliant, bloody good yeah. player. Um, Bryce Cartwright in the fourteen. You got Brendan Hands, the heir apparent to the hooking role in the fifteen. We got Ryan Madison in sixteen. Which club will he play at next? Blake, anyone's guess. And we got uh, Makatoa in the seventeen jersey. Makatoa in the seventeen jersey. Um, yeah, yeah, and uh, look, so some thoughts on that Parramatta Eels team. Mm. Like, our team's pretty much you know, it's pretty much exactly the same as last week. Um, Wolford's been good, mm-hmm. it's interesting that, um, you know, we're scoring these more tries out wide, and mm-hmm. uh, he's probably the best option to get the ball, yep, spread it wider. He's got a great pass both sides, um, and he's got you know, he's put through some good kicks as well. The Parramatta team. That Parramatta team is is looks a million miles away from the team that um, smashed us last time we played them. Yeah, in the and final. specifically went through Zach Wolford to the point that he got he got dragged after twenty minutes. Yeah, yeah. they've they've had a pretty good run against us. They they actually beat us. They've beaten us pretty it's four out recently, of the last five or something. Yeah, and a couple of times down in Canberra, uh, pretty decently actually. And a lot of that is off the back of Mitchell Moses's kicking game. But Dylan Brown what? has has really like the last. I think the last two times, uh, and it's actually was the case again last week. The last two times he's played us, I think he's run for like two hundred meters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, something he's insane some for her. I was really hoping we were going to maybe sign him about. Oh, two years ago, but yeah. they re-signed him pretty quickly. But I, I, you know, one of the things that Parramatta's always had is a very big forward pack, well, recently in the last few years, and been a bit light on in the backs. And 
They're even more loaded on the backs now. And mm. and Mitchell Moses' kicking game has been able to complement that forward pack. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you take out Regan Campbell-Gillard and, you know, the, the form has dropped with a couple of players like maybe Matto. And then they really miss Papali'i and they miss Oregon Kafusi and Nia Cora. So I'm, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good about this weekend, well, you know. But I, you're right, I feel they, like we've got the won. chocolates. They've won five out of the last six against oh, us. Oh, right. Yeah, there you go. And the only one we won was during the lockdown where yeah. we were up at Seabus and we beat them by that two. That was the, the and rapper the, in the, the corner. And a hip, yeah, yeah. hip charge mm-hmm. as opposed to it. So they would argue that we didn't do that. And then the last time before that we beat them was when we had them at round five in 2019 where we beat them 19-0. And we knew we were probably onto something at that stage. But, you know, they put 40 points on against us um, last year in that final. And it was pretty horrible to watch. Um, look, we own something there, and you're right. They're missing um, Reed Marnie. They're missing Papali'i. Um, they, they're going to be missing. Yeah, they're going to be missing Mitchell Moses this weekend. But I still think Dylan Brown, and you said this before, they, he's been absolutely brilliant against us. He really knows, and he's going into that trouble spot that we've got out there. Like I said, the, what I'm concerned about is you got that edge of Dylan Brown and Sean Lane. Mm. Is very dangerous. Bailey Simonson, you know, is is, is not the most um, effective strike centre, and I'm hope, hoping that in reverse, Matt Timiko is going to give him a bit of a bath. Yeah, but we've also then got Will Penasini, who's a very powerful and fast runner, up, up against, against our Jared. captain, up yeah. against Jared, and outside him, Albert Hopewade. So you can actually guarantee you there's going to be a lot of traffic going out there to Mike Acevo and Penasini to try and actually get some exposure out there. But the Raiders will know that and they'll be ready for it. It's, you know, how they handle it, really. So where do you see us winning the game? Hopefully just keep on doing the same thing, yeah. Yeah, and we've actually got a nice little platform that we've been able to develop. I think, you know, Hudson Young, he didn't start the season great, but and he, I still don't think he's hit the heights of, of maybe last year, but he's certainly playing better in the last few weeks. Um so having a bit more strike power on one edge at that side and then um, having um, Horsburgh playing as well as he is, you mm. know, it's a pretty formidable forward pack when you think, you know, mm. tackle one, you've got Papa Lee coming at you, tackle two, Horsburgh, tackle three, Tarpanay, and both those three, all those three guys can offload. And then you've got Hudson Young, you know, it's, it's we're actually building some combinations through our spine. And mm. I, I think um, add to that, playing at home for the first time in a little while and and mm. Fogarty's kicking game, you know. We haven't played at home now um since was it the game against the Panthers? Mm, no, we've had one since then. Um God, who was the it? Dragons. Dragons. It was the Dragons game, sorry. And then, you know, and and now um you know, with on the back of that with Fogarty's kicking game, um I, I have a feeling we should be able to dominate field possession um and position. So hopefully, you know, the spine with some strong fifth tackle options, which we're starting to do. I think I think we should be able to win. And, you know, one of the things that Ricky spoke about in the press conference was trying to turn these close close games into bigger wins. You know, mm. we, we should have won this game and the game against the Dolphins and even the game against the Dragons by more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, well, look, we've got, notably, this is the first decent turnaround between matches we've had. We're actually getting an eight-day turnaround, and it is notable Well, that... the Bulldogs kept up the five-day curse. The five-day curse. Well, it's not quite as 
cut and dries. There, there have been some five-day turnaround wins. The Roosters won on a five-day turnaround. So did the Sharks. Oh, because the Roosters from the, Tuesday the, to no, Wednesday, no, it's... The Roosters beat the... After Anzac Day. The Warriors, yeah. After, after Anzac, Anzac yeah. Day. And then the Cronulla Southern Sharks beat the Cowboys, but both were on five-day turnarounds. Yeah, right. And the Cowboys had travel. But the Eels have played last Sunday evening. But so then the... In the if last the Roosters match, and now played they're Warriors, Saturday, so they're on a six-day turnaround, yeah. we're on an eight. But if the Roosters played the Warriors, then the Warriors were on a five-day turnaround as well because the Warriors played Melbourne on, they both played on Anzac Day. Yeah. So they both had short turnarounds and then the Roosters went to New Zealand. They went pretty much straight to... Yeah. Nullified it. Yeah. So the... And the and the Roosters game was earlier in the day. Yeah, I'll have to go check my, check my stats out. No, no, because the Warriors definitely played on Anzac Day. Yeah, they did. As did the Roosters. And I know the Roosters had a short turnaround. Cause... Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. I think you're right. So my foot, my stats are, are a little bit on the wrong. But at the same time, both sides were on a five-day turnaround then. Yeah. So, so nullifies it. So you can't really, it doesn't really prove anything. One of them, yeah. 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 No, you're probably but right The good on thing one. is we're on a less turnaround this weekend. We are. We are on a less turnaround. And I hope <laughs> that we can, um, you know, outlast them. I hope we can beat them up through the standards. But, you know, one person who's not hoping that is Brad Arthur. Yeah, look, uh, yeah, how he's going. Um, yeah, look, it's uh, Parramatta Eels catch Brad Arthur here. Uh, oh, look, yeah, it's, it's a real honour to uh, appear on uh, Rosie View with Jake and the dog. Um, yeah, look, um, not sure which one's Jake and uh, which one's the dog, but, uh, yeah, look, yeah, I suppose it's not important. Um, yeah, just, um, oh, look, yeah, really looking forward to the game Saturday. Um Oh, look, yeah, it's been a bit of a frustrating year for our blokes, you know. Um, look, you know, first few games, uh, we could have easily won all three. You know, we've lost five or six games by, you know, two to six points. And, um, yeah, look, uh, ten, ten games gone, four and six. Um, yeah, I could man an argument we could be ten and eight, to be honest. Um, yeah, look, you know, we, we should be winning the comp at the moment. Um, yeah, look, I settled in the pressure after the Titans game. I, I don't know how we lost that game and... Uh, yeah, I said that to the boys in the sheds, and uh, yeah, look, um, yeah, I think it was uh, the learned Bailey Simonson that uh, eventually stood up and said, uh, uh, "Yeah, look, Brad, I think I think uh, I think we lost because the Titans scored more points than us." Uh, yeah, look, so that, that, that took a while for that to sink into me. I thought, "Fuck me, he's right." Um, so yeah, look, yeah, yeah, this game we we're going to be trying to score more points in here, blokes. Um, yeah, that's how you, that's how you get the win, apparently. Um, oh, look, you, you know. Well, we've led in a few, few, uh, few points this year, you know, a few too many, but... Um, oh, look, you know, you blokes are leading 30 last two games yourself, so... You know, not exactly the fancy pair he has, is it? Yeah, look, yeah. Uh, look, looking forward to the game, yeah. Uh, Chili Canberra, uh, mid-May. Uh, oh, look, yeah, where else would you rather be? Uh, uh, oh, look, yeah, looking forward to unleashing uh, uh, our secret weapon, uh, my young bloke, uh, old Jake. Um, oh, look, yeah, he's been killing me in New South Wales Cup, so... Uh, yeah, I'd like to think, yeah, uh, just the, just Jake's uh, mere presence will, uh, uh, oh, look, yeah, I'd like to think Jake just being there will draw a few through the gates, and, you know, he's a real draw card, uh, my young bloke, so, oh, look, yeah, just, uh, really looking forward to the game, guys, uh, pleasure to appear in your podcast, and, yeah, look, you, you made the best team here at Chockies. You know, what's really good about Rage of the Year with Blake and the Pork now is the access, the, the access we're getting, you know, we've had Ivan, we've had um, Adam Elliott, We've had, sorry, um, who's the bloke up at? Adam O'Brien. Adam O'Brien. Um, Three legs. You know, we've, we've had Des <laughs> before, you know, you know, Danny Stewart. The access we're getting to this show. It's incredible. It's because 
we're showing up on some on some charts now. Yeah, the ratings are. are really up, and yeah, they we're getting now we're now getting approached. I mean, pretty much all those contacts do come through Danny Stewart. Yeah, they in do. fact, they seem the messages seem to come from his phone. But they I do. I don't know whether he like records them first, then sends them to us. But I, don't know. look, they, they all want to be on the show now. Yeah, we're just lucky. We're just lucky, and we're, hopefully we're, we're, we'll we're trying to get Hook at the moment as well. But he's not taking anybody's phone calls at the moment. But look, it's good to see it. But maybe it's time for who's got to live. It's gonna be Elliot Whitehead again. It's 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 you know you used to say Jack White and every week now it's Elliot Whitehead. Like I said, I'm more I really there was a point um in the second half of that game against the Bulldogs. Mm-hmm. No, actually it wasn't in the second half. It was in the first half. There was anyway. There was a point in the game where any time they started to attack his edge, mm-hmm. I was ex- I just was nervous. I just mm-hmm. didn't have confidence in our ability to hold them out mm-hmm. and that's been the telling thing in the last couple of weeks is that when the other team gets down down our end we do struggle to keep that maybe quite often it's been through short kicks but mm. you know at the start of the year our goal line defense was great and teams weren't scoring a lot of points but we weren't scoring many points ourselves now mm. we're scoring a lot of points ourselves but we're, but we're also in, yeah. we're conceding. It, it, we're, we're back to 2016 and you know it was great having all that exciting stuff but not if other sides are racking up big scores because when you get to the top end of town when you get into the finals you're playing against sides who know yeah. not how not to let you in so that defense really has to be the first bit and so and we pointed out elliot is up against it he'll know it and jared's up against yeah. it and he'll know it as well the and also say, we're going to see seb chris targeted for being up in the line as well yeah they'll, the early kicks on uh the other thing i'll say is about the paramount eels they will be absolutely desperate oh yeah to win we're four points ahead of them if if they lose this game yeah you know, we'll be well and truly entrenched in the eight. But conversely, mm-hmm. you know, they were one of the favourites going into the season. Yeah. And um, if they lose this, they'll be six points out of the eight, which is very oh. hard to come back from. And the pressure across the club will be absolutely massive. Yeah. Like, it well, will be absolutely massive. We're talking all the players. We're talking the coaching staff. You know, there'll be pressure yeah. everywhere. And, and, and they and, play and, South and, next. They play South the week after us too. So that's all right. Good. Yeah. So they've got us. Then they're South. Then they've got North Queensland coming down to them. Then mercifully they've got a buy. Then the Bulldogs. Then Manly. Up to the Dolphins, which no one's been enjoying. Another buy before they host the Warriors, the Gold Coast Titans, who they owe one. Look, their run isn't that bad, but they've got to start showing some form in order to do it. And they'll be wanting to start that this weekend because you're absolutely right. They're sitting down there. They played ten matches. Um, and they won four of those matches, and they got eight points. Look now, at the beginning. Uh, at the beginning of the year, I reckon we would have looked at this and we would have thought this is a game that maybe we won't win because we don't have a good record against Parramatta. But they're primed like for us to take this game. Like this is this is our game to win. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like we've we've played a couple of teams that you'd think we should beat. This is a team that at the beginning of the year people might argue, and our form probably said we wouldn't. But their form isn't good and they're missing some players and we're playing at home. We need to win this game. We need to step mm. up. We need to control the ball. We're playing hard and aggressive and very direct. And I think we can win this game. It's going mm. to be tough for the first 15 minutes. Paulo's going to play great. Yep. you know. And then we need to be able to sh- like shut down their offloads. They're a high offloading team. And then try and if that connection between Whitehead on his edge... You know, mm-hmm. we can maybe only allow in one or two tries down there. We're going to win this game. It's just the fact that Moses isn't playing is a massive out. I don't know many teams yeah, yeah. that rely on one player, maybe Cleary and Pen- 
Penrith, but to do that much kicking, or... he just does that much. He touches the ball that like Nico Hines yeah. as well. You know, like when we played yeah. Nico last Nico Hines, year, yeah, and he played fullback. They were lost the Sharks, but they, they, they they'll miss him so much that if we could put some pressure on Arthur, we can win this game because we'll, we'll have better field the, position. At the same juncture, when a side relies on a player that much, they can get mired down by it. And when that player goes, the fact that players have to step up actually can be a bad thing because all of a sudden players have been dormant waiting for that yeah. person to do yeah, stuff. Yeah, like Dylan Brown. But I've watched... Yeah, we're, all we're of a sudden dom- step up. But we've dominated them in field position in past games, you know, that we've lost. And then Moses kicks it from the 30-metre line and kicks it 60 metres. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But the and last they're not going to have that. They've rolled us. They've rolled us in the forwards. Yeah. They yeah. have. That's been the one... There's been a couple of teams where we haven't been able to outmuscle in the forwards and it's it's been... Yeah, it's been Parramatta and it's been the Panthers. Yeah, definitely. I'm thinking but more of I'm thinking more of the game that we played them at Bruce, um, which was uh, was would have been last year in 2022 when we were on top most of the game. You know, yeah. Um, and then it just and Moses is kicking just drove me nuts because we just yeah. gave him time and we don't have to worry about that. So I, I, yeah. I have a good feeling nice. about this weekend. Something we do have to worry about is. Arnie J, and it's time to rip in with Arnie J. G'day, Raiders fans. Another week and another win for us, which is very pleasing. Don't let the scoreline fool you. That was a good 20-point win our way. With plenty of pleasing signs, we are getting it together. Horse and Timacore were enormous. Chris's positioning in attack was much better, and our intensity and up-tempo footy was for much longer. So great signs. So we host Power at home this week, and we are pretty evenly matched stats-wise. Some worthy of note include our all-run metres average is the worst in the comp, so we need to be better in this area, with Whitehead and our bench in particular needing to lift. Parra is leading the comp for offloads average per game, so our forwards need to be aware of that and wrap up the ball. Parra is third for line break assists, and we are in the bottom four, but no Mitchell Moses should bring them back to us. I'm not sure how accurate this stat is, but we are last for decoy runs average per game. But even without the stats, you watch the other team uh, and we don't get enough bodies in motion, so we need to really improve there. Para have scored 49% of their tries on the left this year and 37% on the right, with only 14% up the middle. Canberra has scored much more balanced stats as far as the attack goes, uh, but we can see 38% of tries on our left-hand side in defence and 45% on our right. So our middles are great in attack and defence, so huge hats on the back for that. Both our edge defences really need to improve. So how do we beat Para? One, stop Gutho. We need to defend well on the edges and target their middle and right side defence in attack. With our home ground advantage, I'm confident of another win, providing we play well. Enjoy your footy this week and go, you green machine. Hmm. Well, that's one way of looking at it. Yeah, you see him, steer clear. Yeah, yeah, steer clear. But uh, is there anything that's made you a little bit Irritated, Blake. In fact, made you want to go on the burst. Well, it relates to the um, to the protection of kickers this year. I mean, I'm all, I'm all for kickers being protected. Mm. You know, we don't want to see the best players just just 
smashed out of the game. And I think on some hand, in some ways, though, this season, we've seen the protection of kickers. Mm. It's gone too far. Yeah. It's gone too far. And what you see I when we played the Broncos, Hudson Young was through on Reynolds. Mm. And basically the refs screaming at him, don't tackle him, don't tackle him, don't tackle him. So what does Reynolds do? He like steps and dummies and goes goes again. I mean, kickers are almost like this protected species where um, the refs are now telling people not to tackle them. It's like they should be wearing like a, you know, a different yeah. color. A Mitchell bib. Moses figured out how to kick and rise up into the air after he kicked. That's how he was getting penalties. Mm. But, yeah. but he's got of, that kicking style where you leap. They do those high bombs where they leap up to the air as, uh, yeah. as they but, kick it. But protecting kickers, there was one kicker on the weekend who wasn't protected. This is yeah. what I'm getting to. Yeah. This is what I'm getting to. So we've had all this hysteria about protecting kickers, and I think it's gone too far. But then perversely on the weekend, Reynolds right. comes out, elbows Fogarty in the head. In the head. Fogarty then messes messes his kick up and um ends up, he kicked it, you know, massively on the fall. out on the fall. Yeah. And they're nothing. Mm. Nothing, nothing except a Gordon Tallis comment in the media going, he's now my favorite player because he got up. He didn't milk it. So oh, Gordon's, right. come, Gordon's come out and said Fogarty's now instantly gone to being one of his favorite players in the NRL because there was a lot of line Yeah, down. I guess because if he'd stayed down, they would have checked it then maybe. 100%. But I'm never sure what they could, the bunker can and can't rule on that those stuff because it seems no, to change. No, they can go to that. If you they stay can down rule on that. and they're looking at your head, they can definitely rule on that. That's and why look, Whitehead stayed down. Be your hero for not staying down. Yeah, you that don't stay silly, down if you think it's fair play. You stay down if you think it's not. If someone's come down and done a grub work like you did, you don't stay down. I'm I'm getting really sick of the wall being made, not for field goals. I think that sucks, but a wall being made for any time someone's kicking, and all of a sudden three players run up and they're next to the play of the ball, and they can't. Panthers possibly... are the masters of that. As they well. are, but we've yeah. been doing it to all sorts of clubs and now doing it there, and then actually standing in position where if the hooker was passing them the ball, it would be forward slash offside. It would be that bad. The instant you've got players coming through and doing that with a kick. It should be penalised as a wall in my. They're not, they're not allowed to be in front of the play the ball. They're, they're level with that. Was that you, one we saw on the weekend? Was that in our game? But in my opinion, you have to be able to be anywhere ball. where the hooker can't pass it to you legally. And when they're standing level with the person playing the ball, they can't be passed to legally. That's right? hard and to at, referee though. Like, well, I mean, if you've got a player running through and all of a sudden there's someone in their way. This is where if we had six referees. Six referees. And I think could, that's about yeah, right. One just watching this. I had two, four. Now you've gone six. Two on the ruck, one yeah. in each defensive line, and one behind the play. Preferably, in punching, judges. The, preferably punching the trainers in the head, <laughs> who are mostly on the field. Did you see that Alan Langer was actually on the field at the kickoff? He did. Yeah, that's what he, he does. He was in our game as well. He was in our game a couple on weeks ago. On the field, He's on, on the, the kickoff. The kickoff. Yeah. It's just a ridiculous pack of bloody ass clowns in that, that place. Um, it's time to look at the extended bench. Who's on the extended bench? Who the hell do we do this for? Oh, we do this for our good friends at the Jerseys Megastore down on Iron Knob Street, Fishwick, behind the cock. They don't have the jersey you're looking for. Well, you support a crap side because they've got all of the jerseys. Isn't that right, Blarco? Yep. So you don't care. Some, sometimes your insincerity just makes everyone violently ill. You know, where's, where's your enthusiasm? Do you just want to stand around and bag players out, you know, people out because, you know, oh, I'm so much cooler. I'm than just on else. the greenhouse actually at the moment, man. I'm just looking at some stats here. This is such a stat heavy episode. I mean, it's, it's, a lot of the Porks ones have just been pointless. Geez, but, um, oh, you're so annoying. In, in okay. Of, so the extended of, bench, shut up, shut up, shut up. In the 18 Jersey, we've got Xavier Savage. 
In the 19, we've got Harley Smith-Shields. At the 20, we've got Corey Harder-Widenaida. In the 21, Trey Mooney. And in the 22, making his first appearance in the extended bench with whispers of things to come, is Hahepa Puru, who's been absolutely killing it down there in the Regis. Yeah, he's so, he hasn't been eligible to be named in, in the top side in any mm. way, shape, or form until round 11 which is this week um, mm. because he wasn't in the he's not wasn't part of the top 30 yeah but now he's he's up but, there and they're, they're basically sending a message so we've got yeah well, Savage, who's too hard what they're saying Harley is, Smith Shields too hard which just we've let got, me say what I'm gonna say what what they're saying to Hayabapuru is you know you're a player for the future and I know he's held yeah. in huge regard he's been our best player yeah. or one of our best players and down in yeah you know he's, have you seen so he's played he's yeah. mainly played his ball playing lock then he played at six. Six, and this weekend. Yeah, now he's nine. Last two weeks, nine. Wow. Like he's, he is what um, Ricky would refer to as a footballer. He can play anywhere. <laughs> right. So we've got Xavier Savage, two hard wicks. Harley Smith Shields, a hard wick and a half. So that's three and a half. Corey Hatterwood and Nida, two hard wicks. So we're up to five and a half hard wicks. Trey Mooney, a hard wick and a half. So we're up to seven hard wicks. And her Hepapura, well, we can't give him more than a single hard wick at this stage. So we're up... two hard wicks, mate. No, yeah, he's he's a... seven hard wicks. He's a single. So we're up to eight hard he wicks. Plays right, every position. We got Sean Russell for them in the 18 jersey. He's a hard wick and a half. Uh, we got Alpha Hickey Ogden, who's a hard wick and a half. So they're up to three. Matt Dury, also, I would say, oh, he's probably a hard wick. So they're up to four. Then we got Dejan Arcee, who I would say is a two hard wicks. He's played a lot of first first grade there. So they're up to. How many hard wicks is Jake Arthur? Six. I'd say he's a hard wick and a half. Um, and then you've Generous. got Kai he's a minus Rodwell. Hard wick. Kai, Ro- Kai hard Rodwell has one hard wick. So that takes them down to uh, seven and a half hard wicks. So the Raiders win that one by half a hard wick. So I'm giving the extended bench to the Raiders. But there are, in fact, apart from that, reasons to be cheerful. I think the biggest reason to be cheerful for me uh, in recent times is the form of some younger players. You know, we, we're going on this great run. We're having this success. And look, Jay Tarpany's been good, mm. but he certainly isn't the reason we've had the success. Yeah. You know, and, and and Jack's had his moments, but, you know, I think you take him out of that side last week, especially we still win the game. I think we've proved that, you know, Jack leaving isn't the end of the world. Mm. And there's plenty more good players coming through. And I'm, I'm feeling pretty optimistic about the future. When Anthony Milford left or, you know, we lost Carney or Dugan, I felt a lot more more sort of dark about the future. Whereas mm. now, you know, as sad as I am to see Jack go, um, I think we'll be fine without him. Mm. Well, my reason to be cheerful is we just won four in a row. Four in a row. My God, we've won four matches in a row. After the beginning of the season where we were on our hands and knees and we were crying and singing desperate songs and all sorts of stuff, all of a sudden it's like four in a freaking row. Do you know the last year we won four in a row in, in the first 10 rounds was? 2019. It was. It was. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It's an omen. It's an extra Damas. Now all we need is some holding sides to zero, like we did in 2019 oh, really? multiple yeah. times. Yeah. And that, that would be a good thing. What reason to be cheerful have you got, Matthew? Uh, you kind of trumped me because I was listening to your guys and it, it completely sidetracked me. Um, well, my reason to be cheerful on top of that is Matthew's got nothing to say on this one. No, no, no. My reason to be cheerful would be um, the form of our our spine. And that not, that's not necessarily anyone specifically working on their own, but just we're, we're starting to look like a bit more of a football team. We're putting together mm-hmm. sets, we're building pressure, we're kicking well, mm-hmm. and we're 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 staying in games. Um, I'm, my reason to be cheerful is the form of um, Horsburgh, um, and also mm-hmm. the way that um, Fogarty's being able to link either with whoever's playing hooker, 
Um, mm. And also with Jack. So I think that's that's going to stick. And I like, mm. I like watching Fogarty run our club at the moment. Mm. So do I. So do I. So who's our listener of the week then, Blarko? We got a special one this week. We did. So did we... We said last week in the lead up to Magic Round, if anyone, we saw anyone wearing any um, Blake and the Pork merch yep. Yep. on the TV mm-hmm. and Magic Round, yep. um, they would get a prize mm-hmm. to be determined at the time. Well, I've actually... We got all... excited too because we heard reports on the Friday morning that there were sightings of Raiders review with Blake and the Pork. Ask Clown Beanies... Heading at the up, airport, yeah. heading up there, oh, no. and we were very excited, and we went searching out for who, in fact, it was, and we didn't have to wait long, did we, Blake? No, we saw them on the coverage. So, Lampus Troutman Jr. Mm-hmm. is the listener of the week. Indeed. And like I said last week when we announced that we were going to have a, have a prize, uh, we hadn't actually determined what the prize was. Well, I've since organised a prize, and I've organised a um, double pass to go see Rugby League, the musical, when it returns to Canberra, in, uh, I should actually check the date. With the great Dennis Carnahan coming down to, you know, fantastic now, supporter of both this show, sings the ma- most magnificent things. According song. to Tim, mm. um, they were going to have this prize presented to them by a player. So, are you going to organise that, or is that absolutely? I will. They'll be coming. The player will be turning up at uh, Dennis Carnahan's Rugby League the Musical that's going to be in Canberra, and this particular player, because we won't be able to give him the tickets, obviously, will be serving Lampus. Troutman Jr., Hors d'Orves and Canapes. The play really? could be a oh, Queen Bean Rue, but that's just... <laughs> it could well be a Queen Bean Rue. It's Sam Williams. Very, very likely it'll be a Queen Bean Rue, but it will be someone who has played for the camera. He's a player. He is a player. Anyway, so it's, if you want to go see um, Rugby League the Musical, it's um, Return to Canberra Street Theatre, Thursday the 13th of June, of July, sorry. Mm-hmm. Thursday, then get along. Get along. Show. And we'll be pumping that a lot because Dennis Carnahan, not just a great f- supporter of the Raiders and a great supporter of this show, but also the best theme songwriter yeah. of all time. And he listens every week. He and does listen you know what? Week. It's Love funny. It's hilariously funny. So get down there. Black A and I saw last time he was in town. It I've was, been twice. I've been twice both times. Fantastic. Um, we laughed ourselves blue. Yeah. It's, it's, inc- it's an incredible, like, sort of throwback to a one man show sort yeah. of thing. Where there's costume changes, yep. there's it's got everything. The songs are funny. You'll laugh. Yeah. You'll cry. You, you'll you'll wish back and think back on a simpler time, an easier time. Yeah. Anyway, that you know, this has been a fairly full stacked episode of Raiders Review with Blake and the Port. But we should, before we leave, start talking to you about membership, uh, about merchandise. Merchandise, yep. Get your Blake and the Port membership. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you guys have just lost it. Yep. There's merch, you know where to go, rugby league merch or landspeedrecords.com. Go in, buy some Raiders, buy 56 stuff. beanies. Yeah. There you which go. are very, very good. It's now. definitely, we're entering beanie season, so okay. snap them up because they're going to go quickly. So after this match here, we've got uh, coming up, we've got Manly at home, when... 5 p.m. Sunday, May 21st. Then we go away on Saturday, May 28th, away to the South's Sydney Rabbitohs. Not a then, win. Then, then. Ah, we're going to win, man. Then win. after that. First and we talked about it before, all things going right. 8 p.m. Friday to June, Campbelltown versus the West Tigers will be Toots Croker's 300th game. Start making your plans to get in the Blake and the Razor Review with Blake and the Port convoy up the Hume Highway to make sure we fill Campbelltown Stadium with green and honour our captain, our junior and our captain. Yeah, and if you live in Sydney, as a lot of people listening to this show do, get on the train. Yeah, make your arrangements. Don't make be a your lazy ass bummed. Get out to Campbelltown. No. Yeah, yeah, there there are rumours that our people are in talks with his people that maybe even the great Heather Lockley and Nevers will be boarding an international flight just to make a special effort for that particular game himself. You know, we can't promise anything at this stage. We're still in deep negotiations, but it could happen. 
It could absolutely happen. Unlikely. Yeah. It Campbelltown is high on my list. <laughs> yeah, it is. I know. It's haven't been high, there for a while. High on everyone. I've never list. been to Campbelltown Stadium. I've been oh, to most of them. No, I've, I've never, not been to It's the one Stadium. I haven't been to, too. I've been to all of the ones in Sydney. I've even been to Hanson Park and um, Belmore. But I Hanson never... Park's amazing. It's great. I've been to Belmore. I've been to North Sydney. I've, I've been, been to, to Redford. I've been, yeah, I've been I've to been all to of them, Park. but I've never been to Campbelltown. I haven't been to Brookvale. I haven't been to Campbelltown. Campbelltown's not a happy hunting ground for us, considering we had to play half of our games there with the COVID stuff. It's not. Anyway, but we're gonna, it's going to be this time. We're going to paint the place green. It's going to be a fantastic time. Uh, make your plans. Anyway, you have been listening to Raiders Review with Blake and the Pork, the podcast formerly known as the third most popular Raiders podcast on the internet. Um, I'm the Pork. I'm Blake. And, and I'm Heather. And we'll talk at you again soon. Blake and the Pork. Blake and the Pork.